Welcome to the All Things Bama podcast powered by BamaCentral.com, your Sports Illustrated source for all Crimson Tide information. I am your host, Tyler Martin, joined with me today to talk about the Crimson Tide's hot basketball start and the coaching turnover that it seems to be annual is uh, Joey Blackwell. Joey, how's it going, man? Have you recovered from Miami? And, you know, just, you know, what are your preliminary thoughts on just kind of what we've witnessed the last two games between this, you know, between the Auburn game, between the Kentucky game from this Alabama basketball squad? Doing fantastic, Tyler. Thank you for asking. Uh, you know, yes, I uh, got back from Miami just like you did early on, early, early on. Let's say I guess that was Wednesday morning. <laughs> and uh, we both, you and I, covered uh, the Kentucky game in the car on the drive back as well as the covered the Auburn game in the car on the drive down. And uh, it's a lot of fun covering this Alabama basketball team and looking forward to talking a little bit about it today. Yeah, it's just – Okay, really unbelievable the stretch that they're on right now, Joey. Winners of six in a row. Um, ever since that Western Kentucky game, they they really turned it up and and they said, hey, you know what? We're not going to let this be a defining moment for us because it's like a teetering game, right? That's like a seesaw. You can let it either go one way, you can let it go the other, you can let it go uh, a bad or a bad way too, right? You can either go up or go down. And they decide to go up, right? And they beat East Tennessee State. Then Ole Miss, Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, Kentucky. And the thing about it that impresses me the most, Joey, is that the Tennessee, Auburn, and Kentucky games all came on the road. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's yeah, it's very impressive that they're they're actually um, I believe they're three and zero in in all of their true road games so far this year, which is impressive. Um, two, they have one loss at home, and then uh, they're two and two in neutral site games. So yeah, all, having winning all three of their true road games and especially against such uh, such you know elite programs has been really good. So now you know they're heading into uh, the Arkansas game, and you look at the SEC standings. Joey, Alabama is number one all by itself at five and zero, and they're playing an Arkansas team. You know that that's got a couple losses so far. They 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 got blown out by LSU, which. LSU's a really good team. Um, they beat Georgia. Georgia's really bad, but they lost Tennessee, lost to Missouri, and only beat Auburn. So, so they're two and two. They're kind of middle of the tier right now in the SEC. I, I think I believe they're eighth um, at, at, at two and three, and it's just, just been kind of you know up and down for them, right? Their non-conference. They didn't really play anybody in the non-conference. They played Southern, Central Arkansas, Oral Roberts, Abilene Christian, and then you look at the stats. Um, Right now, you know, Moses Moody's averaging about 17 points for them a game. Uh, that's one of their bright spots. Uh, they still got they got an experienced team with a guy like Desi Seals, who we saw last year um, come in there and play. But, uh, Joey, what, you know, Alabama's coming into this game without Herb Jones, probably, and definitely without Jordan Bruner, who's going to miss about a month of action. So they're hoping they can get him back after a torn meniscus. But it, it doesn't appear likely that Herb Jones is going to suit up and they're hoping they can get Javon Quinterly back. Um, just kind of what's your uh, take on, you know, how Alabama is able to perform if they don't have their two best defenders in Herb, Herbert Jones and Jordan Bruner? Well, this is <coughs> excuse me. Um, this is going to be a tough game. I mean, Arkansas, like you said, is <coughs> sorry, I still have my throat. Um, Arkansas has uh, really proved themselves early on. Uh, yeah, they had a they had a really they had a relatively easy non conference schedule. Um, and they have struggled in SEC play so far, but 
with both Herb and and Bruner down, it's going to be it's going to be uh, more difficult than it uh, would have been if they, of course, both been healthy. Um, as far as re- replacing them, you know, it, it all comes down to players stepping up. Hopefully, Quinterly would be back, which will definitely help them out having that having a you know a true point guard really back. Um, but then on top of that, you know, you're going to need players like to step up on defense. Like and John Petty has shown that he can step up in you know times of need. He did that on Tuesday night against Kentucky. Um, you, know, th- you know, shooting 23 points on offense and also performing well on defense after um, Bruner and Jones went down. You need players like him to step up. You need players like Alex Reese um, to step up and play that four position in, in place of Bruner um, and show some some better defense on that front as well. Um, it should be a, a really good game. Uh, I, I think of Alabama, the, the still the very slight edge, um, especially it being in Coleman Coliseum. But that being said. Um, it's going to be a lot tighter game, um, and it wouldn't surprise me um, if Arkansas was able to pull it off. Yeah, the, last year against Arkansas was one of those games where Alabama didn't have Herb Jones because he, you know, fractured his wrist uh, the LSU game prior to that, and so Arkansas didn't have him. And, and Alabama jumped out to a big lead, and Alabama blew that. Uh, Arkansas came back and won. And then if you look at the numbers in this particular contest, Joey, Arkansas is the number one scoring team in the SEC at 87.2 points per game. Um, they, they mean, the, the three-point shooting um, is their, their top five. They made almost 10 a game. And then if you look at uh, free throws attempted, uh, they're third. They're third in the SEC at 22 free throws attempted the game. So they're good at really getting to the basket. They're really good at making threes. Um, and then, two, I mean, they just they score a lot of points. And, and, and Alabama's got to do a good job of not letting them attack the basket, not letting them get to the free throw line, not getting those points. Um, you know, there's, there's free points, essentially. Um, so I'm, I'm just curious to see because one thing I love about this Alabama team this year is that the defensive mentality, the blue-collarness, the you know the, the the mindset is so much different than a year ago, right? Like I feel like there were so many moments where the team kind of rolled over, the team kind of you know maybe not gave up in a sense, but but maybe just like they they didn't fight as hard in certain moments, and certain players on the team didn't do that. But this year, you've got eight new faces, and and they're all starting to gel. They're all you know in the midst of a really good off streak right now. Um, but the defense has gotten so much better. Like they're, they're you know they're they're. They're 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 closing out on shots. They're you know getting their hands up. They're they're getting in the passing lanes, getting steals. Like they're doing the little things right in order to to to, to really make you know to have this successful run right now. And uh, and without Bruner, without Herb on the floor, um, Herb Herb could potentially play. I think with you know if you get a you get a splint on the finger, it would be kind of similar to that cast that he played with in a couple games last year. Um, but like those are definitely Alabama's two best defenders. There's no question about that. And you're really going to need a guy like John Petty. You're going to need Quinterly to step up. And here's the thing: Quinterly's been out for he's been out for three games. He's going to be a little rusty. Mm-hmm. No, he is going to be a little rusty. Which is yeah, you're absolutely right. He needs to step up as well. Um, now he was doing well beforehand, so it's not like he was underperforming. Um, but yeah, he he'll. <clears throat> it would surprise me if he's a little sluggish out out of the gate. Um, hopefully we'll see him, you know, we don't even know if we're going to see him, uh, on Saturday. So, uh, just, you know, it's a little, it's, it's concerning, you know, especially after such a hot start, you know, you'd hate to see Alabama basketball falter just because of some injuries. But once again, if you're not a basketball fan, you've definitely seen that in the past. So, um, hopefully they can keep their heads held high, even if they walk out of Coleman Coliseum with a loss, you don't want them getting discouraged. 
you know, it's uh, for this Alabama basketball team, I think a lot of their motivation has come from them, you know, winning six in a row now and some with their with their big road wins in the conference. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see how they respond and how they overcome these injuries tomorrow afternoon. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the two teams that are the two defensive leaders in steals in the SEC. You know, it's Alabama, number one, Arkansas. Alabama's got 110 steals, Arkansas 109. And two, Joey, just this start of the SEC play has been so difficult. You know, I, we mentioned those five games Alabama's been on. They've got Arkansas, uh, who's tough. They're really coached really well by Eric Musselman. And then they've got to play LSU on Tuesday night. You know, <laughs> and, and, and the thing about LSU is they've got a guy, Cameron Thomas, who's the best scorer in the SEC. Uh, you know, he's averaging almost, it, feel, it feels like, a bajillion points. Um, he is a, such a good player. He's averaging almost 22 points a game. And he's just such a dynamic offensive player. But they've got to do that on the road. So it's like, geez, like I couldn't imagine this SEC schedule to start out any harder for Alabama. But, but, they, but they've, handled, they've handled it so well. And, and I, I just, I, I, I didn't see this kind of run coming. I, I saw maybe a three and two, maybe a four and one. But to be undefeated at this point, man, and to, and to really, you know, control the SEC, and especially if they get a win against Arkansas, man, with, you know, at that point it would be 12 games left. Um, you know, they're going to have a chance, a really good chance at getting a bye definitely in the SEC tournament and maybe even that elusive double bye. Yeah, I completely agree. And, um, you know, it's, 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 pr- it's impressive what they've done in this absolute gauntlet of a start to the season that they've had. You know, we, you, you, I mean, you just said it. They've already played at Tennessee, hosted Florida, played at Auburn, played at Kentucky. Uh, of course, they also started with the Ole Miss game. But they have Arkansas, they have LSU. <clears throat> the good thing is that they still this this the gauntlet's not over yet. You know, they still have Arkansas, still have LSU. They still have to play Kentucky again before the SEC Big Twelve Challenge, and then they play LSU. Um, but fortunately, after that LSU, their schedule is looking a lot easier. It wouldn't surprise me to see them have have a a hot streak heading out of the season. Um, but <clears throat> but unfortunately, there's still some some tough games they have to they have to trudge through before they can get to that little that little break point. Yeah. So Alabama, Arkansas, Joey, who do who do you think who do you, do you think the Crimson Tide come out on top in this one? I think Alabama pulls it off. I think it is. I think it is narrow. Um, I think that Alabama's defense is is going to be. Um, I wouldn't say just fine without Herb Jones and Bruner, but I think we are going to see some players step up, particularly the veterans. I think we're going to see Alex Reese play a larger role on defense and step up in that department. I think we're going to see another strong offensive game from from John Petty. Um, I have Alabama, but it's a lot narrower margin than it would be with um, Bruner and Bruner and Jones in the lineup. Yeah, um, uh, uh, man, I'm a little scared to pick this game because, uh, you know, it depends on how well Alabama is shooting the basketball from deep, right? That's one of the reasons to this this hot this hot streak they're on right now is because they're shooting the ball so much more efficiently and they're doing it so much more effectively, right? Um, John Petty, for example, Petty, he's taking better shots. Uh, you know, he's giving up maybe a a, a bad socks a, a good shot to find the best shot, right? And I think that's the keys to a good team, giving up the good shots to find the best shots. And and John Petty's been the key to that. He's He's been unbelievable. I thought Alex Reese, too. Alex Reese has been giving this team some really good minutes off the bench. Um, you know, Keon Ellis is another guy, too. Uh, James Rojas this is a guy who's diving on floors, plays really hard, plays with a chip on his shoulder. So let's not, forget about Josh, let's, not, let's not forget about Josh Primo either. Oh, yeah. He's good minutes as well, and I think he's another player that could be key in this game on Saturday. Yeah, two. I think I think the X factors that these games are 
the guards, right? I think because Alabama, like they like to play small. So uh, I think Primo and I think if Quinlan comes back, I think those guys are, guys are the X factors. And those guys are the guys you need to look at and say, all right, if Alabama's going to beat this really good Arkansas team, those are the guys that need to step up, obviously, along with the, the usual suspects like a John Petty. But but it's going to be close. I think Alabama squeaks it out. I think Alabama squeaks it out. Um, but, you, but you just don't know, right? I mean, without her, without Bruner, um, you, you just don't know what the level of defensive intensity is going to be because those two guys set the tone. And you just hope, and we're going to talk to Coach Oates on, on Friday, you just you just kind of hope that, hey, these other senior leaders, man, John Petty, Alex Reese, um, and some of these younger guys can be like, hey, let's, let's, let's gather together and let's try to do this because let's get through this game and then hopefully by the LSU game on Tuesday we can get Herb Jones back. Well, you know, this, this basketball team um, really has a kind of a similar mentality um, to what the football team does, and uh, that's the next man up mentality. You know, I think they've really emphasized that this year. Um, whether you start or whether you play on the bench, it doesn't matter. You still need to do your job. And I think um, if I could be, if we could be inside, you know, the practice on the practice court this year, I'm sure we would hear Oates talk um, this past few days saying that a lot. You know, hey, it doesn't matter if you start if you're on the bench. You know, we have two guys down, next man up. You guys got this. Come on, let, let's let's get the work. Let's put in the work and get it done. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me um, to see this album come out swinging. Let's switch over to the gridiron now, Joey. Obviously, we, we've we've exhausted Alabama's fifty-two to twenty-four victory over Ohio State, which which you can't talk about that enough, right? I mean, it was a huge game, but I want to talk about coaching. I want to talk about the coaching and. Steve Sarkeesian, right? He goes off to Texas. And here's the thing. Whenever Alabama wins a championship, this is what's expected, right? A coaching turnover. But what Steve Sarkeesian is um, is doing is kind of like a poaching job, right? Uh, he takes Kyle Flood, the, the, the offensive line coach. He's now the OC with Steve Sarkeesian in Texas. And then you're thinking, okay, because I've been hearing Jeff Banks was going to stay. He was going to stay. He was going to stay because Saban wanted him to stay. And, and Banks was such a big job. He did such a good job. And he was a big deal in terms of recruiting the state of Texas. He's a big reason why Alabama had seven commitments from the state of Texas this year in this 2021 recruiting class. And then uh, the news drops that Banks is gone, right? And, and you hear that Saban wasn't very happy about this one at all. Um, and now, right, uh, you look at the running backs coach, Charles Huff, He's a, he's a finalist for the Marshall job. He's a finalist for the Marshall job. Holman Wiggins, the wide receivers coach, is is rumored to potentially end up in Texas uh, or another place. They they have offer he has offers on the table elsewhere. And then you 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 hear about Pete Golding is is rumored. I, I honestly don't believe there's much to the Pete Golding rumors. I'm gonna be quite honest. Um, but it's a rumor nonetheless, and it's rumor season and it's heating up. And um, but Pete Golding. Um, is, is is rumored at Texas as well, one of the prime candidates for the defensive coordinator job. So what's kind of your take on, on Sark poaching uh, the, the staff? Well, you know, it's nothing new. It's something we haven't seen in the past. Um, it's not surprising that he would try to – you know, Alabama had a really strong staff this season. So, of course, working with these guys, you know, they're probably going to be the first on your list um, as far as, you know, transferring over to people that you're comfortable working with. You've been working with them for a couple of years now. Um, it, it's not surprising to me, and, I, and you know a lot of Alabama fans are, <clears throat> you know, if you if you watch Twitter, you see a, lot, a decent chunk of Alabama fans are getting pretty aggravated at how how many Sark is trying to poach. 
But like I said, it's no different than any other year. It's no different when any OC or, or, or DC moves to a new head coaching job somewhere else. You're going to see that staff turnover, especially from staffers that were, you know, that really enjoyed working with with them. So um, I'm looking forward to, you know, I've seen some rumors, you know, talking about how um, Jeff Stoutler might be coming back to Tuscaloosa as the new offensive line coach. Those are still rumors that have, haven't been confirmed yet, of course. Um, but really, um, and Bill O'Brien, of course, coming in as potentially the new offensive coordinator. I think Alabama's going to be just fine. Yes, they're losing a lot of talent, but Saban has lost a lot of assistance over the years, and it's not going to surprise me if this Alabama you know, team gets back on its feet. Yeah, I think I think the the Bill O'Brien hire, right? And, and I mean that should be announced here over the next coming days. But Bill O'Brien, I think, is a wonderful hire, Joey. I I, I really can't stress this enough. And I talked about this on Talk of the Tide yesterday. I, I can't ex- I cannot express this enough because Bill O'Brien has got that success in the, has got that success uh, in the past from the college ranks when he was at Penn State when the Jerry Sandusky scandal hit. And guess what? There was there was, there was was a four-year postseason bowl ban. They couldn't go to a bowl for four years. There was a 40-scholarship deduction over four years. So 10 different scholarships today. Uh, every single year, they got taken. 10. And guess what? Guess what? Guess what Bill O'Brien did for two of those seasons? He went eight and four and, and, and was named the coach of the year by multiple national outlets. And then he went seven and five. He went 15 and nine. And all he did was win games. And the two recruiting classes he had that year, they were like top forty at best, top forty. And guess what? They still they still won games, and that's impressive um, because it shows you that Bill O'Brien. Because you look at those Penn State rosters, it wasn't like they were uber talented, but he was able to get the most out of those guys, right, and squeeze the best out of them. And now you put him in a position like Alabama, where he's going to have the best offense he's ever had outside of an NFL team when he was coaching Deshaun Watson. Which, by the way. In my opinion, he didn't get fired because he was a bad coach in the NFL. He got fired because he was a bad GM, and it's hard to do both at the high level to play both roles because um, when he, he's a Deshaun Watson ACL tear away from winning five straight AFC South titles. He won two with with the, with the quarterback room of Brock Osweiler, Tom Savage, Ryan Mallett, and then he won two with, with Deshaun Watson after Watson tore his ACL. So, and, and, you know, he also made bad decisions trading DeAndre Hopkins, trading Laramie Tunsil, whatever. You, I'm talking about the guy on the field coaching, and uh, and I just think you know when you hand him an offensive room now with the likes of a Bryce Young, with the offensive line that he's going to have, and the five star receivers that are coming in, and and you know there are talented receivers that are there now like Trevon Baker, Treshawn Holden, Tyee Jones Bell. I mean, this is I mean he's getting the keys to a Ferrari, Joey, and I think. Um, just because Bill Bryan is competent enough that he's going to still be successful. Is he going to be successful as Sark? That's what everybody wants to ask. I don't know because it, it's obviously really tough to, to do what Sark did, but but still, though, Alabama is still going to play at a high level, and you know they're still going to compete for championships no matter what. <clears throat> yeah, and you mentioned all that without mentioning, you know, his time at New England. You know, he was almost he was on he was on Bill Belichick's staff with the Patriots from from 2007 to 2011 you know he was of course was quarterbacks coach offensive assistant the oc for those final for that final season and in that year you know it took the patriots to a 13 and 3 record you know they were second in total yards and passing yards that season so he works really well with quarterbacks i'm sure and being a former quarterbacks coach he fits in perfectly with developing young players like you know bryce young who we have there right now is expected to be the starter in 2021 um, I really, you know, when you first hear the name Bill O'Brien, if you're a casual football fan, you go, uh oh, 
But after looking into his after looking into his stats and accolades, and you know, you're absolutely right about him at at with the Texans. Um, as far as it was really his GM role um, that got him fired, and he's not going to be doing that at Alabama. He's strictly going to be calling plays and developing this offense. So, really excited about him coming to Tuscaloosa, um, and uh, looking forward to how he can be integrated into this offense. Yeah, and and two, you know that that Patriots year I talked about. I mentioned that on talk of the time. That Patriots year they went to the Super Bowl. They lost to the Giants, but they still went to the Super Bowl. And we got to remember this. You go look at the numbers. They were topping the league and like passing yards a game, passing touchdowns. Like that was one of Tom Brady's best seasons. And a lot of, I mean, a lot of it was in part because of Bill O'Brien. And two, with Bill O'Brien, you know, he, he's coached under Bill Belichick, and now that's prepared him to coach under Nick Saban now, right? I mean. Because that's one thing with work with being an assistant coach on Saban's staff, right? There's there's different nerves, different pressures, um, different expectations, and guess what? When you when you've already coached for one goat and you come over to coach with another goat, like that, he he understands what that's going to be. That's not going to be new to Bill O'Brien, and that's something he can handle. And uh, he's going to realize pretty soon, though, if if things doesn't go right, he, it's it's going to be like a pressure cooker, right? I mean, it is it is a little hot box of sorts. <laughs> and uh, but, but like I said, he's given the keys to a Ferrari um, and all he's got to do is develop Bryce Young. Don't screw up Bryce Young's development. Right. Like that. That's the biggest thing, because this is going to be his offense. And I think if he gets that right, I think we'll, I think Alabama will be good. And I, I just think that, you know, offense nowadays and the way Alabama is able to recruit and the way the game of football is played, it's pretty <clears throat> hard to screw that up. Yeah, it is. And. Um, I think that, you know, he's, he's he's instead of, you know, where past places he's gone, like the Texans or Penn State, he's had a lot of de- things that he's had to do to get the program right. Here at Alabama, everything's set up for him. You know, that they've, they've, I mean, for Pete's sake, they just won the, they just won the national championship game. Um, they've got the process down. There's no rebuilding time. Yes, I mean, there is going to be some rebuilding because you're losing a lot of players, but you still have a, a solid 2020 and 2021 class coming in there to replace them along with, of course, you know, juniors that are coming back um, <clears throat> and sophomores, of course. Um, but it should be a lot of fun to see what he can do. You know, um, everybody was disappointed, including myself, to see Steve Sarkeesian leave, especially, you know, after the news came out earlier that he had turned down Auburn. Everybody thought, oh, this guy's going to stay for a while. Um, but really happy for Steve Sarkeesian and also excited to see what Bill O'Brien can do. Yeah, Joey, it's going to be interesting, all the coaching turnover, and because the only constant in this entire thing has been Nick Saban, and he was, he's, he's told us never to doubt him in the assistant coaching hire because I mean, most of the time, 95% of the time, he gets it right. There, I mean, maybe there's been a couple duds here and there, but those are few and far between because um, Saban knows what he wants, and he knows the guys. He'll test the assistant coaches, and the assistant coaches will get the best out of the players. That's the whole point, right? Like, I mean – when Saban's and staff, it's about managing people. It's about managing personalities. And no, and nobody can do that better than, than Nick Saban. Uh, but, Joey, again, thanks for coming on here, man. Really appreciate it and look forward to Bama basketball this this coming up week. Absolutely. Should be a lot of fun covering the Crimson Tide. And hopefully we can, next time we talk, they'll have another win under their belt. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's Joey Blackwell, guys. I am Tyler Martin. This has been another episode of the All Things Bama podcast. Thank you for listening.